listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Welcome to Perception Management here on Republic Broadcasting Network. Today is July 18th, 2021, and today's theme is There's a Cult and There's Cults. However, uh, I've got a last-minute change here, and I've talked to the Mr. Producer there, and I wanted to play this clip real fast on Cuba. So with that, Sam, please. I'm going to speak in English about what's going on in Cuba because I don't hear a lot of English speakers talking about this and my generation talking about this. Cuba has been under a dictatorship for 62 years. So people, for naturally, for the last 62 years, since 1960s and 1958, around there, people started making homemade boats that we call lanchas and have bringing them to the coast of, of Florida seeking shelter. Let me explain to you why, because you might be saying, well, they're just immigrants invading because they want to leave their home country. No, it's because us Cubans, we don't complain about anything. It takes a lot for us to complain. And this, I'm sick and tired of it. So let me tell you what's going on. There's no coffins for dead bodies. If you have a dead family member, they get pronounced dead. They get wrapped in a bed sheet. You get, you get, the, you get delivered the dead body, and you have to take it home with you. What you do with the body, they don't care. You have to figure it out. If you don't have a car, they don't provide transportation, and you have to take the dead body home walking. There's no drinking water. Food costs 200 US dollars. A pound of rice costs 200 US dollars. You don't want to know how much a 10-pound one costs. My favorite part, Canadian dollars is the currency of Cuba right now. If you don't have family here in the United States to give you money, you have to figure it out. You have to figure it out. Because the only way you can get money in Cuba is if you get it sent to you by here. Oh, and here, it takes months to get to Cuba. They shut off their light and water at 7. As soon as the sun goes down, your electricity gets shut. Internet is shut right now worldwide in Cuba. That's why we're not getting any new news. But we have family there. Everybody's out on the streets right now, just the same way they were yesterday. They're out on the streets right now. 
There's no medication. There's no Advil. There's no antibiotics. There's no butterfly butterfly needles. There's no IVs. There's nothing. There's nothing. And now is when people are hearing the screams out of Cuba. Tragic. Sounds like just like exactly what they were saying in Venezuela not too long ago. She reminds me of the daughter of the Kuwaiti ambassador who was lamenting about babies thrown on the floor from incubators. And notice uh, in this video, she's wearing a seatbelt. So she's in America. Uh, down there in Cuba, they have 1950s cars, which they can't get parts for because of U.S. sanctions. If you follow my show, you'll remember the clip that I played of the CIA agent who quit the CIA after he was ordered to put cement in the milk of school children in Cuba. This clip is from the USA, and it's a girl talking about how bad the th things in Cuba are. And she omits the 50 years of economic sanctions that have been placed on there from the United States. And she also lied about the uh, price of, uh, of rice there. Actually, Cuba's currency is in AU, and it's $4.11 or $3.04 U.S. dollars for a pound of rice. You can Google that. Cuba has limited internet, and what internet they do have, other than what's limited, uh, U.S. military supplies from Yetmo. And as the crippling sanctions continue their grip, you can see what's going on. This is another coup in, uh, in its offerings. Uh, just as the article that uh, at, right before this uh, Cuban uprising started, that the United States oddly found $30 million to send down there, probably to the centers of democracy to cause more upheaval, which is great because it takes everyone's eyes off of what's going on here with Joe Biden, this election crap and everything like that, you know. But you're supposed to worry about what's going on in Cuba. Compare all that to what this government does to its own people, the lies of pandemics, the beaches and alleys lined with homeless, and don't forget Ruby Ridge and Waco. Yet Cuba, for some reason, is a problem and that we Americans should worry about Cuba. Anyway. I'm tired of this. Follow the CIA and see what's going on in this world. Anyway, good morning. Uh, nice, cool morning this morning. A lot of smoke still coming down from Canada and a little bit more from Oregon. Uh, the phone lines are closed right now because I do have some clips to run through here. Um, but anyway, this is uh, show 104. And as a personal note to today's show, I want you, the listeners, to know whether it's an alleged virus, poverty, homelessness, or your alleged security that you, uh, you saps or your children have gone many thousands of miles away to murder others to steal what they have, albeit oil, minerals, or to control their shipping or commerce so that the U.S. and affiliated multinational corporations can suck the lifeblood out of other countries. Uh, all else is moot. It's all about control, and you see that now. Uh, if there's a blackout in Cuba, maybe they're doing that, uh, that cyber uh, uh, crap down there too with Klaus Schwab who knows rolling blackouts here in America don't don't worry about what Cuba's doing though right anyway the control is from many who are in these secret societies and this is where I get into the occult and then there's cults led by the Jesuits and others who with many occults like the Boulets or the black a Greek society based on another secret society founded at Yale University called the Skull and Bones, the Masons, the CIA, the Enterprise from Oliver North, the FBI, Bernaya Beth, and all these other uh, uh, you can add with the mobs in Japan and China, Russia, 
many of which have their own goals and stated loyalties to the same, signing their own NDAs, non-disclosure type stuff. And if you say something, you just might get whacked. However, some refer to them as the Illuminati and are through in many of these groups have been, well, I guess you can see they've had these joining agendas. Many of these are for depopulations uh, in their countries, uh, illegal drugs, the abortions, of course, the sexual destruction and deviancy, which also leads to world control. Uh, and you, of course, may have heard uh, uh, Bishop Larry uh, Gators uh, talk about the boule or the black nobility. And I have a clip here that's going to be coming up here. But the uh, secret societies who don't care about human life or their sufferings uh, that they cause through their agendas. And I say this is because it's usually the saps in the militaries or their Gestapo police that do their killings for them. Martin Luther King, Jesse Jackson are all reported to have been these boule members, among others, in the high-profile, successful, and moneyed blacks such as Barack Obama, Bill Cosby, Al Sharpton, and Thurgood uh, Marshall there. The members of the boule pose as these freedom fighters of civil rights activists on the surface, but in truth, the elite members are opening uh, or operating for a personal gain. They are a protected class, just like the pardons issued to all the criminals and the bankers by U.S. presidents right before they leave office. Uh, you can read more about that on Operation Lantern Spike, uh, which is more about the uh, uh, Martin Luther King surveillance by the FBI and such. Yep, all, all you have to do is control the media that's full of lies, wave a flag for instant patriotism and a, an erection, I guess you'd call it, and a few hurrahs to set the game in motion. Plus, you can buy off anyone, as everyone has a price, paying them, of course, with fake fiat dollars. The, uh, the 2008 campaign was a costless in U.S. history. The 2008 campaign was a, a record-shattering $5.3 billion spent by candidates. And what do you have from uh, getting Obama and those in office today? Well, you can see the repercussions of that. You should realize that the, uh, an assassin or a sniper has no connection to anything more you know, in, its, in their own morality there as their ice-cold blooded killers. I'd equate them with a politician too. Uh, this brings me to clip zero. Uh, this is CIA agent E. Howard Hunt. And he says the CIA gets its orders from the Cardinal Spellman and praises the Jesuits. So with that, uh, Mr. Producer, clip zero. The American's strongest ally inside Guatemala is the Catholic Church. The CIA contacts Cardinal Spellman in New York to take part in their psychological war against Arbenz. The Cardinal uses his authority to enlist the full cooperation of the head of the Guatemalan Church, Archbishop Arellano. Cardinal Spellman convinced his counterpart in Guatemala to issue a pastoral letter several months before the coup in which uh, the Cardinal basically spelled out his message to the flock that they should rise up against the communists in Guatemala and overthrow them. And then the CIA took that pastoral letter and airlifted it around Guatemala. I didn't author the letter myself, but I think propaganda shop 
turned it out. We had gotten the, uh, the okay from Cardinal Spellman to go ahead with this. And uh, I wouldn't presume to trace the uh, lines of authority within the Catholic Church, how they get their information, but they do. And we've always said, you know, in an admiring way, that the, that the Jesuits uh, form the greatest intelligence service in the world, and always have. Well, there you got it, guys. You know, uh, there's a great article. Uh, actually, it's historical. Uh, you can find this in the archives. It's called The CIA's Use of Journalists and Clergy in Intelligence Operations. I even have documented a, a footage from the CIA talking about how they hired bishops and such to go out and do assassinations and then come back and do sermons to, the clergy, uh, to their uh, parishioners. Funny, out of that entire article reading there, the only reporter at the time that spoke up in this Senate hearing was Ted Koppel, who thought it was wrong for them to use the journalist. And we have other videos and stuff of the CIA, their embeddedness, supplying stories, faking media stuff. And as uh, I have uh, read that, the you know, the archive files, it's interesting that when you read these, uh, it's like listening to George Hunter White, who said it was fun, fun, fun. Where else could a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, cheat, steal, rape, and pillage with his sanctions and bidding of the all-highest? That reminds me of Mike Pompeo, where he brags about lying, cheating, and stealing. It's very telling that there are zero calls in Canada to cancel the Roman Catholic Church after the bodies of 215 children were found at a Catholic residential school at uh, Camp Luz. Uh, statues are being torn down left and right and center. Canada's day is even being canceled, but the Catholic Church still controls 50% of all the schools in the country. Just as domestically here today, we are made to pay for the crimes of others in this cancel culture. It's being said that statues cause pain and are being torn down. Well, how about the pain of thousands of children raped in Canada by these Catholic priests? Uh, but do you see, uh, there is no call to cancel the church. Uh nor their orphanages, uh, daycare centers. Well, that's Canada. And what's odd is the four newest schools there in Canada are all Catholic. And the beat goes on, I guess you call it. This is all by design, of course. Remember, Jesuit-trained Mark Miller up there is the uh, current Minister of Indigenous Services in Canada. And while this scandal with the Catholic Church of murdering children at residential schools is unfolding, Miller went to the same Jesuit school as the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. <laughs> uh, it's what's called College Day, Jean uh, Brebeau. I, I believe that's how they pronounce that. I'm not Canadian, and I'm not French, so I ain't worried about it. Anyway, uh, Canada's secular history is canceled and destroyed by the Catholic Church. will march on to more power, of course, as Jesuit Trudeau has now said that uh, Canada is in the post-national state with no core identity. Canada already has a non-sovereign state, a British corporation, which will uh, be totally ruled by the NGOs such as the Jesuits, United Nations, World Health Organization, World Bank, World Economic Forum, IMF, etc. And we will have the uh, Catholicism as the uh, one world religion, or so they think. Uh, this canceling of the cancel, uh, Canada's history is also to destroy the idea of a nation state, just like they're doing here. The concept of the Jesuits despise the Great Reset with uh, it being a world community with no sovereign nations, 
where the Pope is the supreme leader. And of course, that runs contrary to what those in Israel and Jerusalem think as the hub of all worship there. But this is all about occults and cults. So the federal government in Canada has purchased uh, that property back in 1926, and these schools and stuff were all erected on there, and the mayhem began. And, well, that's Canada, Wahoo. We can see the same expanding agenda here in the Americas. It was also uh, reported in Britain. They had the same problem with the schools, orphanages. And they sure make sure that the parents have less and less to say about what happens to children, uh, as well as adoption centers, abortions, and the uh, child protection services that, uh, that are able to rip the children from their parents because the state wants to uh, run them all. Anyway, where are we at here time-wise? Oh, I don't have time for that, so I'll just read on. Anyway, so... <laughs> uh, you know, nearly all the heads of the CIA went to Yale. And then there's others who were imported here via Operation Paperclip, uh, this is the Nazis with their occult and the immigration after the first and second wars who came with the many occult beliefs to change America. And this would include these Bolshevik Jews, many of who were into eugenics and all tied into the military industrial complex and who would run the OSS, CIA, FBI and, mother, and many other intelligence agencies and also now the media that conceals all. Stories also that leak from Hollywood whether it's this, uh, uh, let's call it adenochrome, or uh, I may be wrong on the pronunciation of that, but uh, but anyway, uh, the child sacrifices, uh, whether it's with Hillary Clinton and alleged child sacrifices, uh, I had that one video I, sh I could have played there, but due to time I can't, but it was of this young Jewish girl that talked about uh, on the live on the show with Oprah how she took part in child sacrifices. And these are these people in these occults or cults. Normal people with a conscience would be aghast at the things that they learn as being pure evil and satanic. And I'm going to run through some of this history here this morning and uh, kind of tie all that in with history back to these occults and secret societies. Now, I do have a break coming up here, but my eclipse coming up today will be an interview with Peter Lavenda. He is the author of the book of Sinister Forces, and Peter Lavenda has researched the material for this book over a course of 25 years, visiting more than 40 countries and gaining access to temples, prisons, military uh, installations, and, of course, government documents. Uh, his books, by the way, are on Amazon, and uh, one of the uh, main ones here is uh, Sinister Forces, and this is this, uh, Manson's Secret Witchcraft. And oddly, even my family has dated back uh, earlier there that we had uh, three alleged witches in our family that escaped there, but they were charged with that. But uh, this is the earlier days of uh, Massachusetts and stuff there. But uh, you'll all see uh, in this, these clips here about these well-named known names that are all tied to those in government just as in the military and corporate and there are many of those secret societies behind what's going on today and you can say that they are expanding their turf to extent of even fighting among themselves now for more and more power and of those in the occult they have left a wake of death and destruction in country after country so with that we'll be right back 
You're listening to Perception Management. Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge and knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. Hey gang, Patrick Slattery here with an important message that is pertinent to anyone who shops for groceries, eats food, or just has an inquisitive mind like myself. What I'm about to introduce you to is a segment of our food culture that has been kept so low profile to the American public that virtually no one is aware of how dominant it is on our refrigerator and cupboard shelves. What I'm talking about is the kosher certification industry and the new app, Koshertified, that delivers a comprehensive education on all aspects regarding this little-known practice. After reviewing this app, I found that it is useful for practically anyone who purchases food, regardless of their religious faith or identity. Its database of products not kosher certified is a win-win convenience for all food-conscious people. So why not check out thekosherquestion.com or click on the link at nationalbugle.com and see how modifying your grocery shopping with the Koshertified app can make a huge difference for your future. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich. rich. And how it goes. Welcome back, everyone. 
Well, due to timing, I need to get in this next clip here, or, or Sam will cut me off here for a break or something like that. But anyway, you know, this includes human trafficking, sexual exploitation of many children, in which their graves are now being uncovered. But, you know, I was talking about Canada, but we're going to go into America now here. So this uh, practice isn't uh, new to just one country here. So with that, uh, Mr. Producer, clip 1A, please. We present this archived interview with Peter Lavenda on PID Radio. Peter, thank you for being our guest on PID Radio. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's it's a fascinating work, and Sharon and I are still you know working through the uh, the two books that have been published so far, uh, Book One, The Nine, and Book Two, A Warm Gun. Um, but the scope of your work, you know, unlike most people who tackle the influence of the occult. <laughs> I mean, to go from everything from the the mounds, the Indian burial mounds in the United States, (laughs) Mm -hmm. through UFOs and on to the Kennedy assassination and Charles Manson, and uh, it's... It's daunting. It reminds me of the whiteboard we have right now that has all of these different threads on there. And if you just looked at one, you'd think this can't possibly be connected to this other. But, you know, when you take a look at it, in fact, you mentioned in your book how you found out that you were just two handshakes away, as you put it, from Charles Manson. And that's how a lot of these topics seem to be. They, They do interconnect. Well, that's that's what I came to understand. I think what what sparked my interest in all of this was was Watergate. Um, in 1975, uh, Watergate was happening, and I started to see a lot of very familiar names and faces uh, popping up in the Watergate investigations. People who had been involved in the Bay of Pigs invasion, for instance, in Cuba, uh, names that have been associated with the Kennedy assassination. And I started to look at this and think, my goodness, there's there's a thread that's that's continuing um, back to, well, I was 13 years old when Kennedy was assassinated. And I, I remember those those moments, of course, quite vividly. And then seeing some of the same figures show up uh, 12 years later during during the Watergate uh, investigations, I started to, to see that there were connections. And I didn't understand the connections, really, uh, until there was a, a chance article written in the Village Voice uh, around that time called Political Witchcraft, or, or perhaps it was called Patriotic Witchcraft. I can't quite remember the title, but it was something along those lines. And in one breath, uh, the author mentioned uh, Charles Manson and, and, and Richard Nixon yeah. um, and started juxtaposing all of these things. And I began to become fascinated with the idea that there was something darker at work in American history that could be traced through coincidence and synchronicity, which is kind of a popular New Age term they're throwing around these days, but which has a very uh, august pedigree back to the days of uh, Wolfgang Pauli, the the uh, Nobel Prize winning physicist and his mm-hmm. his correspondence with Carl Jung, the psychiatrist. I mean, there there's something deeper at work, and it's possibly through all of these coincidental links that we can see vaguely the shape of something uh, darker underneath um, the fabric of American history. So it uh, it became kind of an obsession to me to try to pull it at some of these threads. In, in a way, things were made easier because of my own background and my own uh, involvement. I was very interested in religion as a teenager in the 60s, which was not that uncommon. A lot of people became involved with Eastern religions, for instance, or mm-hmm. or the sort of New Age paganism and that sort of thing. Um, but I became paradoxically more interested in, in conservative Orthodox religions, such as the Eastern Orthodox churches and uh, the Catholic Church and how it operated. 
And in those days, I found myself um, talking to people who I later found out were peripherally involved in the investigation into the Kennedy assassination. And I didn't realize that until oh, almost the 1980s. And then everything started to, to fall into place for me at that time. So you chose to start the book with uh, an examination of the Indian burial mounds. Uh, and so, some of the, yes. the do, do you find that there is some connection or thread that goes back that far? I mean, it predates the, say, the arrival of <laughs> what, what we're told anyway, is the arrival of white men uh, on the uh -huh. continent. Well, yeah, I, I, I did. I mean, the, it was a, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting anything concerning the Indian burial mounds until I went to visit Ashland, Kentucky. Uh, Ashland, Kentucky is where Charles Manson grew up. Uh, some sources state that he was born there. Actually, his birth records say he was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, which is possible. His mother was unmarried at the time, and possibly she wanted to have her child outside of town. But uh, he was brought up in Ashland, and I decided to visit Ashland, Kentucky for myself to see you know what was going on because just across the river from ashland uh, a famous serial killer had been born and raised bobby joe long and uh, henry lee lucas had been born down at the border of west virginia and virginia so um i was starting to wonder if there was you know something to the water or something that was raising <laughs> this crop of really spectacular uh, uh killers so i went to ashland kentucky and i the first thing i noticed was right in the center of town there was this string of burial mounds indian burial mounds that no one in the town seems to really know anything about. You want to pause it there? Thank you. We'll be right back here after the break. The days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Tired of being lied to by mass media? It's growing more and more apparent today that news is received less and less through standard media outlets. Even with a growing audience every day, RBN is beginning to direct more efforts into social media. Social media and the use of the Internet is fast becoming the primary source of people for news, regardless of demographic. RBN has set out to provide some of the best news on the Internet through republicbroadcasting.org and also has begun to use the tools to our advantage by way of social media. Republic Broadcasting is now operating a Facebook page to function as yet another avenue to have our collective voice reach new audiences across not only America, but across the globe as well. The Facebook page features not only news, but also an RBN player to listen to our broadcast. Get involved by visiting Facebook.com slash Republic Broadcasting and liking our page and share it with your friends and family because you can handle the truth. For over 20 years now, Extendivite has proven time and again, it really works. Here is a testimonial from Amazon.com. I received an arterial switch at birth. In my mid-20s, I started getting slight runs of NSVT. Nothing too serious, but enough to cause worry. I started taking Extendivite a little over two years ago, and it helped cut the palpitations and NSVT down drastically. This isn't a cure-all supplement. I strongly recommend a good diet and exercise, 
to aid in any heart troubles you may be having, and I strongly recommend giving Extendivite a try. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com, and hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Welcome back, everyone. Well, this is Perception Management with Keith Rogers here. We're going to continue with the rest of that. It's just a small portion left on that. So uh, with that, Sam, could you go ahead and hit play? Not even at the museum in the town. Um, What artifacts were found there, no one seems to know. There's a lot of controversy as to when they were built. But it seems as though they were built by the Adena culture, which is an an ancient um, Indian or Native American culture that goes back to about 800 B.C. uh, at the the earliest. So we're talking about a very old culture. And I started to research the burial mounds, trying to figure out, you know, what possible relationship this could have to to Charles Manson or to to the darkness I was beginning to feel was at the, the heart of the American experience. And that led me into an investigation of American prehistory. And what I discovered there was astonishing, because, again, I had not expected this, but I found that uh, we have been finding, archaeologists have been finding over the last 100 or 150 years, numerous artifacts that would tend to indicate that America had been visited long before Columbus uh, by people from Europe or North Africa bringing with them their religions and their their religious ideas. Uh, They found uh, the Ten Commandments written in an ancient form of Hebrew, uh, written on a stone that was buried in one of the burial mounds uh, in the United States. They found uh, all sorts of uh, prayers, incantations from different types of cults buried there. They found traditions among the Native Americans concerning uh, tribes composed of uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed people, uh, 
even some of the early European explorers claim they came upon a tribe that spoke Welsh, of all things. Yeah, the Maydak so, stories. Uh, this is fascinating, and I'm thinking to myself, well, this isn't part of American history, isn't it? Why are we ignoring it? Mm-hmm. Why do we start arbitrarily American history in 1492? with the discovery by Columbus. There is something, obviously, that goes on much earlier. And to understand America, I think we have to understand that. Who really lived uh, in our cities before our cities were built? You know, we've built prisons. We've built military complexes on top of these burial mound sites. We've built towns occasionally on top of these sites. Uh, They're there like America's Stonehenge, basically uh, huge earthworks, uh, all over the United States, as far as the Mississippi River. Oh, yeah, well, it's even, not far from us. Cahokia is about... What, well, Cahokia is a famous here. burial yeah. mound. Sure, sure, yeah, it's only about 40 miles from here, yeah. Well, you'll notice in that, as this progresses here, that these burial mounds are, are all usually hidden in areas that would never be disturbed, like schools that have existed for hundreds of years in one location, military bases, forts, uh, different military forts and stuff, and there'll be another clip coming on that so with that there because of time there I need to get in this next clip so 1B there please uh, Mr. Producer well there, there you go the serpent mound I mean all of these things are, are Chillicothe uh, the burial mounds of Chillicothe mm-hmm. Ohio are, are, are very famous and we're, we're ignoring them these, these, bound, these mounds in some cases are as ancient as the pyramids in Egypt or Stonehenge in England they point to the existence of a, of a religion and uh, a way of looking at the world that we have no records of and yet uh, from my way of thinking when Europeans came here it was like they were entering a, a kind of a haunted house as uh, as I talk about in the third volume, which hasn't come out yet, but I I look at America as a haunted house, as a place that uh, has been built layer upon layer over other civilizations, and at times on the blood of innocent people. And I think that we we have to confront this, though, as as we've tried to confront it with our history of slavery. I think we have to go back even further now and try to look at, well, what does it mean really to be an American per se? Uh, who are we really, and what kind of karmic uh, debt have we incurred by by living in this country and exploiting it as we have? So, the burial mound culture became very important for me. So I do spend a lot of time on that. Uh, writers have sensed a kind of um, mystical origin to America. Writers like H.P. Lovecraft, that I mention in Sinister Forces, because he wrote about pagan rites, you know, being conducted in the mountains of Massachusetts or Rhode Island. And he could not have known at that time that the evidence would later turn up that there were indeed such cults living in, in New England, you know, uh, uh, operating in New England before the, the coming of, the, uh, of Columbus and, his, and the, the British and Dutch explorers after him. So there was a kind of sense among some of our best uh, writers and poets and artists that there was something, something else taking place in our woods, in our, in our towns, in our villages in this country. There was a, another darker kind of route to it. Um, it may not have meant anything except that we started to put our prisons inexplicably uh, on the sites where these burial mounds uh, were found. We have the case of Moundsville in West Virginia. We have Chillicothe in Ohio. We have prisons built right across the street or at times right on top of Indian burial mounds. And I began to wonder, in other cultures, if you were to do that, you were, in, you know, you were uh, asking for the wrath of the gods, you know, mm-hmm. by, by disturbing sacred sites like that. And I wondered at our 
uh, intention of putting prisons, for some reason, on burial mound sites. Uh, and in these same prisons, we found people who were being incarcerated, such as Henry Lee Lucas, a famous uh, uh, murderer uh, who spent a lot of time in Chillicothe, uh, as did, uh, I believe, Manson at some point. Um, one of Manson's family members spent a lot of time in Moundsville, West Virginia, in that prison, uh, on and on. I'm, I was starting to see a connection that, that uh, was a little disturbing. Um, one of our most famous locations in the United States is Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, where mm-hmm. a lot of people believe that the Roswell uh, crash uh, uh, artifacts were taken. Right. And that's built on an, on an Indian burial mound site. So um, it became fascinating to me. Uh, do we have to, we have to revisit American history? We have to, I think, honor these civilizations that were here before, at least to the extent that we investigate them and we incorporate them into our history books as much as possible. Well, you know, the name of our show, of course, is PID, which stands for Peering into Darkness. And, yes. And the way Derek and I see things is that there indeed are sinister forces behind many of the things, even politically, that take place in our our, our country and, and all across the world. And, of course, we see it from a supernatural point of view. We look at it from a biblical standpoint and sure. consider the the dark forces that are described in, in the Old Testament and partly in the New Testament as well. And it, it, it's clear that you know you and I and and Derek that we we may not totally agree on the interpretation but clearly there is something there oh i agree 100% i mean that's you become more and more convinced of it the more and more you you become involved in the research not just because of the intellectual information that you get but also because of the things that begin to happen around you as you begin to to study this material really uh, you begin to see the coincidences and the strange things pile up around you things that are, now, are kind speaking, of inexplicable are you speaking from some sort of personal experience with oh sure sinister absolutely forces? can you reveal absolutely. any of that yeah. or well just in general uh, as i'm was i was beginning the research for the book uh I found that information that I needed would just suddenly appear. I mean, I did a lot of the research in the final stages of writing the book in a foreign country. Uh, I was in Malaysia. I was living there for years in a Muslim country. Um, And I would find that very obscure monographs and uh, academic and scholarly texts long out of print that I needed for my research would show up in bizarre little secondhand bookstores in in strange little towns in the rainforest. I mean, bizarre things would, would continually happen. Did, did the bookstore uh, disappear when you walked out? No, no. <laughs> and, and the Asian proprietor just laughed? <laughs> uh, no, nothing, nothing quite, that, quite that bizarre. But you have to, to, to appreciate how strange it is to be living in a foreign, in a foreign country that remote and that uh-huh. removed from, from the academic community here. And to come, across, to come across information that you needed, even books that uh, were privately published by some important people uh, that I had been researching, you know, uh, privately printed monographs would, would be stuck in, in bookshelves. I mean, it, it was just, just insane. It was bizarre. So you, you found yourself um, basically having your hand guided into areas of research. Uh, important information would come to you that you would have no way of knowing even existed. And that that was an important uh, uh, an important thing. Everybody who gets involved in this, I think, at a certain point, begins to value the the appearance of this coincidence or synchronicity patterns, mm-hmm. uh, what I call the coincidence stream, uh, that sort of carries you along and and makes your life a little easier when it comes to the research, and at the same time turns your hair white as you <laughs> as you continue <laughs> the research and see what it's all about. So when it comes to sinister forces. 
to me, uh, these sinister forces do exist. Of course, they're referred to biblically. They're referred to in other cultures as well. Everyone seems to realize that in the supernatural world, there is conflict. And whether there's conflict between light and darkness, good and evil, however you, you want to describe it, the conflict exists, mm-hmm. and sides are taken. And um, you can look at it in a purely Christian context and talk about the angelic forces versus demonic ones. And you can easily use that as a paradigm for understanding the sinister forces in in the United States. There does seem to be a struggle between two moral entities, um, and, and it infuses our political life. It has to. I think there is no real separation between church and state in the United States. We, we've enshrined it in our Constitution, but I don't think that mm-hmm. it actually takes place in, in reality. Uh, I mean, who can really split themselves in half that way? Uh, our politicians can't. And I think that many of our politicians harbor sometimes bizarre uh, ideological beliefs and bizarre religious beliefs that they don't talk about, but which certainly... Um, inform their actions mm-hmm. as as they go along. I mean, we have we have secret societies involved in in in, in our country to the extent that it, it worries me. And I, I may sound stupid or paranoid for even mentioning it, but uh, you know, we have a secret society, for instance, at Yale University that everyone's heard of by now. I guess Skull and Bones. Oh yeah, we talk about that stuff on this show all the time. Feel free, go well, right. <laughs> all right. You know what's interesting about this is. Uh, Colonel Lawrence Wilkerson, in his video, America Exists to Make War, he talks about those neocons in D.C. who, uh, with their belief system or like that, believe that uh, in this Israeli thing, Jerusalem and a rapture and being all caught up and the rest of the world's going to be you know, destroyed. But these are the guys that set policy. And you'll note that, uh, <clears throat> and this guy's comments there, this uh, Peter Lavenda, uh, you know, when you look into the history of this country, and, you know, many of our forefathers who may or may not have been involved in the history at the time, uh, when, to net, you know, today itself, uh, they're all erasing history. And, of course, it's important to realize why are they erasing history. And I can imagine others who have seen the uh, ancient uh, South American Indian pyramids here in states like Georgia and stuff, uh, and they use this uh, ground-penetrating radar type stuff to fly over there and map these uh, old ruins and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's just interesting to find out on history because so much is a lie. And, of course, that's the old saying there that uh, the victor is one that writes the history books here. But with that, I have uh, one more clip here uh, I want to get put in here. And then uh, my next one will be uh, 15 minutes long here. But this one here is about 10 minutes long. So, uh, uh, Mr. Producer, clip number two, please. Uh, Fifteen people a year. Only 15 people a year are initiated into skull and bone. So that's, that's a very small percentage of the human population, a very right. small percentage of the American population for sure. We're talking about 0.0001% of the population gets initiated into, is currently a member of skull and bones. There are fewer than uh, what, the, there's got to be fewer than a thousand members alive today. And yet we have so many of them in the administration. Uh, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it, it strains credulity to think that this was just quote-unquote a coincidence right you know uh, that john Kerry and george bush would both have been members of skull and bones and, I mean, and frankly if you take a look at skull and bones and see how it's connected to german uh germanic occult uh, influences and and frankly how that links into hitler 
Well, you, you've gotten right back into my neck of the woods there. I mean, my first book, of course, was Unholy Alliance, mm-hmm. and that was an investigation of Nazi occultism. Um, and that book dealt uh, deals uh, really in depth with the uh, with the growth of the Nazi Party as really an outgrowth or a splinter sect of a Nazi occult society uh, in Munich uh, that, that was created right after World War One. And uh, I trace the 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 occult beliefs of the Nazi Party uh, through the SS in particular, through Himmler's SS, and right down to the present day. Really, Sinister Forces is a continuation of my study of German occultism because I began to realize that we imported a lot of these people after World War II into the United States, and uh, especially into our space program, but into other areas of our lives as well. And that, to me, was a, was a grossly immoral thing to do, a very dangerous thing to do. But then, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Skull and Bones having links back to, to German secret societies, uh, you know, without belaboring a point too much, you know, we have the Bush family really in bed with the, with the, with the Nazis since the 1920s. Oh, very much so. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were even, uh, their, their operations were closed down for a while by the U.S. government under the Trading with the Enemy Act. Um, they were supporting things like eugenics. Mm-hmm. which is really a kind of uh, scientifically masked uh, uh, racism and anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with all of that, I mean, you can see there's a kind of consistency in the approach of a certain branch of the Republican Party. And I don't want to go after the entire Republican Party, of course, but there is a kind of movement within the party that um, really is not the Republican Party of, of, of Eisenhower, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, who warned us about it, actually, right? And who warned us about the growth of the military-industrial right. complex? Yes, we have military-industrial um, complex. Yeah. Well, he, he said it was a spiritual that we were facing a spiritual crisis in America, and he was quite right. I think I don't think we've had a Republican really like Eisenhower since then. It's kind of funny to talk about that because Eisenhower, when I was growing up, was kind of a of a joke of a president. We always saw him playing golf for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. And uh, we <laughs> never really true. took him seriously, but. That last speech that he made uh, as he was leaving the presidency was a real warning to the United States, one that we have not heeded, I think, and, and we're reaping the whirlwind now uh, from my point of view. Well, I think it's really interesting that you also uh, connect up to MKUltra and you talk about uh, the, uh, oh, the the movie uh, Manchurian Candidate right. that, mm-hmm. as, as actually being something that's probably telling the truth about uh, activities that were taking place in our government at the time. Uh, and then you connect that up to Charles Manson. So can can you kind of follow that thread for us? Sure. Uh, hold on to your hats, though, you know. Um, the thread that connects uh, is, is, is a very dark one. And to me, it's at the heart of, of my whole study. It's really at the heart of Sinister Forces. Manson today, as as, as some of your listeners, I'm sure, realize, has has pronounced a lot of pro-Nazi sentiments. Uh, some neo-Nazi parties in the United States have adopted him as kind of their spiritual leader. And as you may recall, of course, he did carve a swastika into his forehead. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I guess you can't really get much more, you know, much more of a Nazi sympathizer than that, I suppose. So I, I was interested in Manson um, for a lot of reasons. One, because I saw him as a symbol, maybe, of what was going wrong in, in America. Um, and I wanted to go back further and find out really what, where did Manson get his training, quote unquote? Was Manson simply just this, uh, a jailbird, an ex-convict uh, who was crazy or strung out on drugs the way he's been portrayed? 
or was there something deeper at work with with Charlie? So I started to do a lot of research on that, and it led me to uh, an American intelligence operation that goes back to 1950, um, which in those days was called Operation or Project Bluebird, mm -hmm. and which went through several different incarnations and eventually became MK Ultra which uh, may be familiar to some of you from the movie Conspiracy Theory that mm -hmm. starred uh, Mel Gibson mm -hmm. and Julia Roberts. One of my favorite uh, movies, actually. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a very, it's, it's done very well, and yeah. it's one of the few movies where you hear MKUltra actually being mentioned uh, in a film. And MKUltra was a very serious project, and it amazed me at the extent of what they were trying to do. I have uh, over 10,000 MK Ultra and other CIA documents that had been declassified um, in the last uh, 10 years or so. And I've been going over them a lot. And you would be really amazed at, at what this was all about. When you think of the movie The Manchurian Candidate, for instance, you, uh, you're looking at what seems to be a fantasy of a, of a person, an American, who has been brainwashed into becoming an assassin for the communists to kill a political leader, uh, a man running for presidency. And I think that basically we had that in this country, at least in 1968, with Sirhan Sirhan. And in 1968, of course, we also had the rise of the Manson family. All of this was taking place at the same time. And all of these individuals, Manson, Sirhan Sirhan, and, and many others, had uh, backgrounds in occultism, had occult training of some kind. Sirhan, Sirhan had belonged to the, Sirhan Sirhan, by the way, and for those of you who are, <laughs> who are not as old as I am, was the, uh, the individual who... Uh, was uh, charged with killing Senator Robert Kennedy mm -hmm. in 68 yeah, in California. But there, there's a whole controversy behind that, of course. Again, sure. if you're not as old as I am either, uh, <laughs> you don't know that he clearly couldn't have, have uh, fired the, the shot that killed Kennedy. He was not clearly could not have, not based on the evidence. Such evidence has still exists since the Los Angeles Police Department destroyed most of it. Uh, but the evidence that does exist, plus eyewitness accounts, make it virtually impossible for Sirhan to have done it, and yet he did admit to doing it, although he claims that he has no memory of it and doesn't remember doing it, but he's perfectly willing to admit that he did it. Mm -hmm. These, to me, were the hallmarks of uh, someone who had gone through a period of programming by one of our intelligence agencies. Right. Um, and uh, Manson seems to have perfected the same type of technique. Manson spent a lot of time in prison. Uh, most of his life was spent in prison. But just before he was released in the late 1960s, he had gone through a period of uh, training but with, by a number of people, a number of individuals in prison up at Terminal Island. And one of the individuals that he was closely involved with was a Scientologist. Hmm. Manson claims that he received Scientology training and that he was a clear, which means he had gone through all the... Uh, the, the major training to become a Scientologist, being clear means that he he was clear of all of his uh, psychoses and neuroses and everything else that had tied him to his former life. Um, Manson claimed to have been a clear, which is very interesting. Um, but there was also uh, talk that Manson had been involved with a uh, with a strange religious organization called the Process Church of the Final Judgment. Right. We discussed that with author William Kennedy and its connections to, uh, you know, to Grimson, uh, his connections to uh, Scientology back in England. Well, there you go. So you, you, you've got all of that background then done already. Uh, process itself, of course, was an offshoot of Scientology. So there seems to have been a kind of uh, consistency there as well in Manson's background. Uh, as we know, process members visited Manson in jail after he was uh, arrested for the Sharon Tate killings. 
and we don't know what was discussed. But from that point on, Manson stopped talking about the process. I was fascinated by the process because um, members of the process seemed to crop up again a few years later in New York City uh, during the time I was living there, connected with the Son of Sam uh, case. And the Son of Sam case was a string of murders of uh, individuals in New York City by uh, a person or persons wielding a 44 caliber uh, bulldog revolver. It was believed that this was the work of several people until a man called David Berkowitz was arrested and claimed sole responsibility. Mm-hmm. Berkowitz has since uh, converted to Christianity and has come out and said that he did kill some of the people, but he did not kill all of them. And he lays the blame at the door of the process. Mm. So we have uh, the existence of a of a cult of killers to which both uh, Charles Manson and David Berkowitz belonged, if we are to believe the, the documentation and the investigative journalism that's come down to us in the last uh, 10 or 15 years or so. All right. You know, uh, one thing is important to realize here. That latest clip showed more of these secret societies and some of their origins, plus in that same area where Manson, the MK Ultra program, Operation Paperclip, all this was coming to a forefront and would uh, rise at a certain period when the United States seemed to be making a, a turn historically from the robust years just after World War II. And with that, there's that uh, CIA declassified file which says Yale Group Spurs Mayo's uh, or Mao's uh, emergence there. And, and William F. Buckley was not the only Yale figure. Uh, William F. Buckley was CIA, and you can Google that or whatever uh, browser you want. Uh, but uh, he was connected with the first presidential trip to China uh, with Henry Kissinger, of course. And uh, he would never have risen to power uh, from obscurity uh, to command China. And then you have to think of the millions killed under Mao. Uh, this is... Uh, just like the Bolsheviks of uh, just after World War One, there, the uh, the massive culling of the Christians, uh, they're all tied into these secret societies, and uh, there's more to this uh, in uh, later years here, which I'll uh, highlight on today's show here. But uh, people don't realize the extent of how all these interconnecting leaders in the world. Like even Saddam. Uh, remember, he was nurtured by the CIA. Uh, and then I guess he went rogue. But, uh, you know. Anyway, we'll be right back here for the top of the hour. So stay tuned. You're listening to Perception Management. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows. The good guys lost Everybody knows The fight was fixed The poor stay poor The rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows That the boat is leaking Everybody knows The captain lied Everybody got this broken feeling like their father. Hey gang, Patrick Slattery here with an important message that is pertinent to anyone who shops for groceries, eats food, or just has an inquisitive mind like myself. 
What I'm about to introduce you to is a segment of our food culture that has been kept so low profile to the American public that virtually no one is aware of how dominant it is on our refrigerator and cupboard shelves. What I'm talking about is the kosher certification industry and the new app, Koshertified, that delivers a comprehensive education on all aspects regarding this little-known practice. After reviewing this app, I found that it is useful for practically anyone who purchases food, regardless of their religious faith or identity. Its database of products not kosher certified is a win-win convenience for all food-conscious people. So why not check out thekosherquestion.com or click on the link at nationalbugle.com and see how modifying your grocery shopping with the Co-Certified app can make a huge difference for your future. You can't handle this!